Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. We know of new methods of attack. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. I'm saying fifth. It's a little weird. This is your almost weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it, and occasionally ourselves. Why is that weird? Uh, just fifth. 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 It's a I mean, hard it's, word to pronounce. It's not so hard, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm stumbling a little bit. But right. this is this is episode What's 97. What's this really about? recorded on the evening of thursday (laughs) april 12th 2018 i don't know if i should actually try to finish all this but i'm camille foster i do various things at a place called freethink i used to say doer of things but then this guy named michael moynihan who's actually the national correspondent of hbo's vice news tonight and is not in the room i'm not sure if he'll materialize it's possible he won't be able to make it this evening because he has other obligations write him a letter tell him how you feel about that yeah you know who is in the room though Matt Welch, editor at large of Reason Magazine. He is here. He's in the building. And uh, I am I'm pleased that he's here. Shouts out to the homie Anthony Fisher, who's the senior producer of this very, very, very fine program. He's a frequent contributor to so many well-respected publications. Um, although I've never heard of this Stormfront, uh, and maybe it's something <laughs> that he could tell us a little bit about afterwards. You know, it's a it's a growth business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For you, maybe. Um, but uh, we're we're delighted to have him and joining us this week in the studio. You've already heard his voice. He's a repeat guest among our very favorite people in the universe, Mr. Ben Dreyfus, editorial right. director at Mother Jones. Wait, you're editorial director? Yeah, I've been promoted since I was here last. What we did that editorial. We did that. Drinks, drinks are on you. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Wait a second. I like you and everything, but like director? What Editorial director. What does that mean? What does that mean exactly? Well, it means that I got a promotion from being senior editor <laughs> and that that's the next thing that you, you they sort of give you. Okay. Uh, and and I, you know, have more influence over stories and things like uh-huh. that we don't need to we don't need to do this <laughs> yes, we do. Absolutely do. look this is a this is a podcast that's in part about like the media we're pulling it is, it we're is pulling the, the curtain ostensibly back, that's true right that's true we're looking at the well, sausage about talk to us about the about misdeeds with the interns <laughs> <laughs> there are none of those <laughs> that's right interns because otherwise they'd have to they're pay fellows <laughs> they're fellows <laughs> racist <laughs> there are plenty of misdeeds but only on fellows um, uh, that's that's very very nice. Well, it's it's a pleasure to have you back here, Mr. Dreyfus. Thank you for having delighted. me. And just to, uh, in case those of you have a fond memory, as we all do, to the extent that we have any memory at all of the last time <laughs> Ben was here, which, as uh, someone, I think on Twitter this week there was a there was a, uh, a, a some sort of poll. There was a poll. One yeah. of our uh, our our great uh, uh, most loyal uh, readers out there had a poll of best guest ever, and I think it was between Ben. Cat Temp. Andrew Schultz from Brilliant Idiots, who actually has a show here in Manhattan tomorrow night. I will be there. I'm going to go. So if you are listening to this on Friday tomorrow, where is it? You could come. It's in Manhattan. I know, but like the, the Gotham something another. Yeah, I don't know. It's on the enough, internet. Um, it's but, the, the tour is called Views from the CIS. Who was the Who was the other person on the on the list? It was uh, Tina Nguyen. Yeah, Nguyen, Tina, yeah. who was uh, just was, who was right. just here. All right, it wasn't a two yeah. dog race. It, but it I wasn't did. a two dog race. It was there was there was four. Humans I, I bring it up race. to say that one of the people in there in the in the resulting controversies that erupted on Twitter after this, because Cat Temp, obviously, who might or might not show up here later on uh, tonight, and that will be a 
It's going to be a surprise. Be, would That's be fine. fun. Um, uh, obviously, like gamed it, and and so she's one going away despite her using uh, Russian bots. Uh, God, I mean, she was like doing like shots of of Kahlua off her leg. It was very confusing when she was on the on the program. But anyways, uh, someone in the comments at that point on Twitter pointed out that the very best moment in the history of this podcast probably was the punchline of the uh, Ben Dreyfus episode here, his long story, which we won't reiterate but just to point people back if you haven't listened to it <laughs> phenomenal point it punchline. was the whole that whole episode was remarkable and i i still remember like leaving the room and not being quite sure where i was because <laughs> i had so much to drink but i also remember like editing it the next day and realizing just how glorious this whole catastrophic <laughs> had been but didn't, didn't you send me an email like like should we allow this to happen <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, what the well, no? Well, no. I mean, I, I <laughs> obviously don't. Well, I did don't some, talk to. He, he was. He had. He had conscience. He there was, was like, some oh, careful. No. There was some careful editing um, to ensure <laughs> that everyone's job security was was there because so that's important. The editorial director could yeah. happen. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, on. I wouldn't All have been the, the editorial director about, if the unedited version, I think, had damn, gone. Damn right. <laughs> I, I did the part this... where you talk about uh, hanging uh, hanging women who have. Uh, I didn't, I didn't say it. the thing. Stop it. And it's and it's not even a joke. Uh, it's a joke. I'm, maybe I have to edit that out too. Nope. I said it though, right? So that's fine. Listen, I'm all. I'm only uh, prefacing all of this I'm by saying this all up. that that episode Ben went from zero to drunk in about like 35 minutes, and Ooh, it would, like, real real quick. I think is the, <laughs> the rest of us were like zero to 50. Yeah. Um. So, but tonight, just to for to to as a uh, an actual field test, mm -hmm. we're all starting off on an equal playing field. This with, is true. With this delicious Glen Scotia. Is this your uncle uh, Fliberty Gibbet who gave us this Glen Scotia? <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice fat thighed Scotch. <laughs> now this this Glen Scotia was actually sent to us by uh, a listener from in Sydney who sent me a note. Sydney, Australia. Yeah, who sent me a note, and and I mean I think he routed it through someone through some shipping outfit, uh, but sent me a note and suggested that he had recently. And I mean his word recently binged every single episode of the what? podcast. Which is just, I mean, kind of nuts. And the note that he sent was actually asking for the correct address to the office, which, of course, I mean, put two and two together. I've just finished listening to you for like 100 hours. I'd like to come visit you at your office. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, sure, come right the fuck over. Yeah. That would be wonderful. I would love to meet you, fine person. Um, please don't rape me. Um, but thank you very That's much. That's not the way you thank people. Thank you We've very much, Sean. It's also not a very effective way of not Sean getting raped. in Sydney. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't persuasive, right? It didn't, that's, that's one of those no's that sounds like yes. Um, How you going, mate? I'm doing a little too much, aren't I? But no, uh, honestly, we are enormously grateful for this uh, booze. The bottle looks expensive. I'm not sure if it is expensive, but Taste. I will tell you that when I when I turn this up my head and drink it, I do feel a, a very warm, wonderful feeling. Um, and it's it's sort of like coming home. Is it not that. the feeling of the Adderall that you took right before this began? <laughs> or We're the feeling of fatherhood. I took them simultaneously. <laughs> the feeling of fatherhood is also wonderful. Uh, if I had to trade one for the other, <laughs> definitely keep my daughter. Just saying. Wow. Um, there is a, but we have spoken like a man trying to convince himself. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, that my wife just sent me a text that have a good show. That's nice. Yeah. See, yeah. she loves me. Twisting um, that knife. We've got a ton of stuff to do this week. Um, there's all sorts of amazing things happening. Uh, there is the Facebook congressional hearings. There is the continuing and looming conflict in Syria. Uh, it's both of those things. There's the the Cohen affair and the fact that Trump may fire Mueller. 
uh, Rosenstein, pretty much anyone else with the with the temerity to any uh, other Jews attack America. <laughs> that I mean that that fits right. That fits the narrative, anyways. Um, <laughs> and uh, maybe we will talk uh, about the Kevin Williams sin affair. Maybe we will revisit that. And perhaps there are, are other important things happening. Um, I uh, I wonder. I was getting ready to maybe possibly meh. That's fine. Um, so Mr. Zuckerberg goes to Washington. That's his, uh, this is kind of a big deal. Um, there was a great deal of excitement about this. Um, he spent a lot of time apologizing profusely, deferring to various people who on his technical team who might actually be able to answer questions that he couldn't answer. Um, and there were, what, hearings on Tuesday. Um, he went to the Senate Judiciary and Commerce Committee. And on Wednesday, he went to the House Energy. Uh, it was the House Energy and Commerce Committee, right? No, one whatever it was, one. whatever on, it was, it was like 10 hours of testimony and the, uh, it was wonderful. It was super informative. Was it? The, the, the Congress, the congressional representatives and the senators really did cover themselves in glory. They asked very thoughtful and, and compelling being, questions. I think he's being sarcastic. There's a little bit man. of sarcasm, a little bit of sarcasm. How do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? Senator, we run ads. I see. That's great. And in all seriousness, I mean, Zuck entered the room and did pretty much what he'd been doing all along, saying, I, I started Facebook. I run it. I am responsible for what happens here. We are responsible for the content on our platform. That is a rather strange proposition. I'm not sure about it. It's also um, new. I mean, that, that's the one, one new thing he said. For me, it was the one revelation of the whole thing that Facebook is truly embracing that in a way. Um, but it's it's also just bizarre. And we should talk about that specifically. But Honestly, the conduct of the, the senators and congresspersons who were asking questions, one, it's totally to be expected. Like these things are circuses. The, the, the congresspersons show up, their aides are holding these large pieces of poster board, <laughs> which sometimes have pictures of diamond and silk on them. Um, that was a, a I mean, great how moment. How many times do you think a staffer in D.C. was asked this week to show them a Facebook yeah, like what is what is this Dozens Facebook? Of times. Like Could you bring me one? said, bring me a Facebook. The best part about this whole charade was that it was the first time in months, perhaps years, that I heard heard any kind of break, uh, meaning the kind of car uh, version of breaks. Here I was theatrically uh, mm -hmm. stepping on something here in the in the room um, on people wanting to regulate everything all the time with the social medias because they're going to ruin us because of the Russians and the death and stuff and the, and the, and the election. Because when you actually see the level of well, sophistication mm -hmm. among the senators and whoever else who are, or you go, Oh my God, I don't want those people. You're saying breaks from the general public. You were seeing that. Yeah. Or just uh, among our uh, progressive uh, journalist because, friends. Because, like Twitter. how can these old people who don't understand Facebook possibly regulate it? Right. Yeah. Maybe that's a Maybe they, maybe we should slow down but I mean, on this Franklin four like type of all right, panic so about push back against that notion. Those senators and Congress people don't know fucking anything about anything. Like in general, that's why they not have pushing back. staffers. You're not pushing back. No, what I mean, like, that's why like staffers write bills. Like the staffers, but their staffers holding the wrote cards. their questions. They did a really bad job. No, but like they also write the bills. You know, oh, well, I mean, that's that's also true. A lot of those questions were were a lot of those staffers weren't very prepared. But like there there are models of regulation against Facebook. You know, Europe has the GDPR mm -hmm. like regulations. It's there's a very open question about whether that will actually address people's concerns because people's concerns, I sort of think, are somewhat detached from the reality of right. like any of these scandals if you ask someone like 
what data they think Facebook is collecting and what data was handed off to Cambridge Analytica and what Cambridge Analytica did with it. They do not know the answer to any of those questions. Do you? I mean, Facebook is collecting anything you've put into Facebook. Obviously. There's all right. Like there's obviously that. It also has pixels on different websites, which is basically just tracking cookies around, which Google does as well, uh-huh. obviously, with like Google pretty, Analytics. Pretty much everybody does that. Yeah, and they, they're increasing the the targeting of ads to everything. Then the data that like they they are sharing, with, they shared with the developers up until 2015, I think, and mm-hmm. it, which is the Cambridge Analytica thing, was your public profile. Mm-hmm. And for certain of them, like all like their private message history, because they had selected something that said them do that. But like for 87 million people, like the biggest one was it was the public profile, your your age and your friends profiles. Your, if you if, if you'd opted in if, to, to um, do that, as journey. long as they were public. Right. Like if they were private, like a lot of people's are. Yeah. Yeah. And like then that information was used by Cambridge. Like, however, it was used to build some detailed stuff. It wasn't that your DM history largely, like unless you were one of those people who did that, like suddenly became in Donald Trump's hands. Yeah. The fact is that none of this has had anything to do with the actual conversation about this. Just the theory that there's been a data breach, like Facebook had to put out a thing saying no credit cards were, were info was shared. Yeah, people most don't, people, people don't have their credit put. card info on cre- Facebook. <laughs> right. Like the fact <laughs> it's that, just, that it's it, it just, the whole thing is largely like detached from it. And like that, then you look at Europe, right. Where they've done these, these reforms that like, people have fought against a lot that is not about, enough air quotes on that reforms right yeah i, I, yeah. I mean like no it, i mean you acknowledge right to be forgotten yeah but, like, right to be forgotten not address any of these and Cambridge, it's Cambridge also Cambridge challenging Cambridge. also challenging to implement you mentioned uh the gdpr um which is a fairly new reform which people are only starting to grapple with what the implications of it might be and gdpr may in fact create a situation where no one can have these third-party trackers, which is apparently another thing Facebook was doing, where they were purchasing certain user information from these advertising networks that have these cookies on various websites. Anytime you visit a website, there's a cookie that is perhaps installed in your browser. This cookie will track your activity from website to website even when you're not, not on, on Facebook. Facebook. As long as you're logged into Facebook. As long as you're, oh, us, not just not just See? if you're logged on though. If you could be logged out of Facebook having already been logged in in the past and having some account there and it might track you from place to place. And when you log back in, it is sharing that information with Facebook again. This is entirely possible. What's really important is that the GDPR may actually make it impossible for some of these third-party ad networks to exist, which is great if you actually care about your data being shared in that way. And when I say your data, generally speaking, it's the sort of thing where if someone was to do a great deal of digging, they might be able to figure out that it was you. Right, because it's visited, anonymized. There's no names yeah, on any that of this. You visited Pornhub before looking for a new apartment right. and right after like calling your mom on Skype. They might know that. I mean, true of all of us. Exactly. Who hasn't Whenever done that? Whenever our lease exactly is up, we're sequence. doing exactly those three. Yeah, exactly. In reverse sometimes. <laughs> um, and... That is a pretty big deal, like actually disrupting the ability for all of these third party people to do that could, in fact, have benefits from a privacy standpoint. But what's also important is that the targeting that it actually allows you to do, like on Facebook, how advertisers can very narrowly select a particular audience like, you know, people with small dogs who happen to like the Fifth Column podcast you pay a lot less when you're targeting that narrow audience. And it means that you can do online advertising for other people. They might not be able to afford 
to to do sort of broadcast as opposed to narrow cast advertising. And the fact that the GDPR means that you are likely to get ads that are less well tailored to you is not often presented in that sort of affirmative way. And it's not clear that that's actually something we need. And the last point I'd say about this is there are so many free fucking tools that are available to people from Brave, this privacy browser, which works just like Firefox or Safari or Chrome, except it doesn't allow pretty much any tracking to take place. Do you and they're it? building in. I, I use it I, sometimes. I mean, I guess like that's a, that's a key question that I, I would have about this is that, yeah. like one. All of this has been known for forever. Like this is the business plan, not Precisely, only at yeah, Facebook, yeah. but like Google. Like Google is Google must be breathing a sigh of relief right now. But yeah, also no one's paying any attention have anxiety them. about it. They have their file on people is way thicker than Facebook's. Uh-huh. You know, like they know way more about everybody. And like there's they they, they have all of this stuff. And their algos are reading your Gmails. They're like, literally they they're doing that. that. Yeah, exactly. Their their Gmail, they're they're scanning your email. And like it it's just it, people are generally fine with it because it's sort of how it works. Mm-hmm. My sister was uh, on this NPR show on point last week and was talking about how people generally up until now have largely been okay with that because they've been comfortable with the idea that it was for capitalism. Mm-hmm. That like it's understood that they're going to try to make money off of this. Mm-hmm. And that in if that's the data, then fine. But it's when it becomes state actors in Russia trying to influence elections that people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Which, we're helping, which, we're which, helping barely, which barely came up in the hearings. Right. Interestingly, oh, most really? most of the conversation was about privacy. Some of the conversation was about censorship, both Facebook. You ought to be censoring more, i.e. there is certain right. content on your website. We don't like it. How come you haven't done more to get rid of it? Or why did you take Diamond and Silk's page away? Right, um, which was Ted Cruz that, saying that, yeah, like... That story seems to have changed a little ben bit. Sass. I think they have the, the opposite uh, views. It's on interesting because the, actually the, the, the thing that Ted Cruz was talking about, which was that there used to be a trending topic. I mean, there is a trending topic as part, uh-huh, but it, two, uh-huh. two or three years ago, there was this controversy where this former Facebook person had said that maybe, you know, they, they were not putting conservative stories in it. And then this guy was fired. Then he was all of these things. And then Facebook did this media summit that like they brought all these conservative people there yeah. and they all talk like Glenn Beck went on the record and said, you know, they've actually been great with us. Like th- there's no nothing like that. But it there there was a story that I believe was in Wired a few months ago about how that actually set them off on w- w- the sort of road that has ended with a lot of this. Like because that right. that was the first time they became sort of aware that there was that they, they were on such dangerous ground politically with all of these things. And you can also trace it all back to sort of that original thing that was never true really like like it might be true that facebook employs liberals and mm-hmm. so like if they are in a position to highlight stories they might like have a human bias right but it is interesting that that does come back come back even though there's obviously no like facebook like algorithm against trump like there's also obviously no facebook algorithm against stories about facebook which is the silliest conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that is going yeah the really interesting thing that i i think about this entire debate is I have I have every single like thing turned on for all of my apps that lets them track everything about me. <laughs> like, like I, I Google knows where I am right now. Facebook yeah. does. They all do. I've left it all on. Yeah. And I, I actually have like no problem with it because 
the only the only reason to really do it is aside from that I like to sometimes look back and see where I went. Is that like <laughs> it actually like it's such a perfect day. <laughs> yeah. it, it it is just like where was that park? I, was I know I go and I go. Oh, I actually went from the same Soul Cycle back and forth four times that day. Oh yeah, that was that four Soul day. <laughs> but like I also like I. Ha- I don't think that is being used in a bad way. I actually don't even know what that would look like to use it sure. in a bad way. Sure, sure. And I think that, like, when we talk, I think the small business, like, example that you made about, like, if there was regulation against certain types of uh, lookalike audiences and custom audiences and uh-huh. targeting, that 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 would mean that basically Coca-Cola can advertise, but maybe not, you know, smaller places. Sure. There's also the fact that, like, even just to take Facebook at their word, for 10 years, everyone's been cool with, with the general actual fact that, like, if you got rid of targeted advertising, I'm me as a consumer. I'm literally just going to see a bunch of terrible ads. Yes, I'm actually am going to see more relevant ones. I yeah. might not. Everyone gets the same Wrangler jeans ad. Right, like, that's exactly. what happens. And like, and I don't know that you want that. I right. don't want that. I certainly I do don't. not. Get the pants. I'm out not of a Wrangler man. <laughs> Get the damn pants out of my feet. Um, I don't want to be reminded about it. No. So this is a very reasonable conversation. Um, it, and it's but it's, it's also fun. it's also oh, uh, I mean uh, this is not. I would imagine a common view among your colleagues, even Mother no, Jones no. or among the milieu that you swim in, because right now we're kind of in an anti-social media panic mode, some of which I think is a irrational or like overblown kind of uh, response to the 2016 election, some of which I think is a totally rational um, response to like people kind of belatedly realizing how much they gave, gave right. out there. I mean, you're talking about uh, Gmail. And again, I'm an old here, so just cut me off whenever it's necessary, uh, sooner rather than later. But Google like, Mail, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, but like the part of the 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 deal with the devil with Gmail is that like, wow, it was such a vault forward with the way that we all had like CompuServe Mail or my, what was the Microsoft yeah. thing that was yeah. horrifying? It was MSN, just, Hotmail. And we, we paid for Mail.com at a certain point. There was like pay <laughs> levels, and like so we can so okay, we jumped forward. Facebook which we all, I think at this point, hate um, it just as individuals uh, and, and, and as a society, like it was nonetheless an incredible vault forward to figure out what that girl you liked in high school uh, is doing. What's she doing now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's super fat and has like five kids. But also like, can P-H-A-T. I P H A T as we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, I'm in fat detail. shaming her right now. Um, uh, but like it's, it's, we can, we can access our parents and our friends and see their pictures of their babies really, really quick. And that's incredible. Uh-huh. Um, so that's great when you're, when you feel like you're vaulting forward, when you no right. longer feel like, wow, this is fresh and new, this thing I can do. You, you turn around and you look at it um, and you start to question some of the compromises that you made. But it feels like um, that there's sort of a general anti-social media panic right now. And it's translating and stuff like that awful sex trafficking bill, FOSTA, SESTA, whatever the hell right, it, right. it's called, and this type of stuff that's mm-hmm. actually dangerous. And I was really worried about it again until Zuckerberg showed up and a bored everyone to tears, but B like showed all the olds talking about you know sh- uh, shaking their fists. Across. Although it's, it's although it's not really the case that perspectives have universally sort of shifted and people maybe they've slowed their roll a little bit. Maybe they're disappointed is that it, is that it, has Zuck- a Facebook. Uh, peak sorry to interrupt uh, a little bit uh oh. hasn't it peaked in the u.s like aren't we like well, i mean for the MySpace first the first quarter the first time they've ever had uh, an active user decline was last quarter mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's uh, that there, there's a lot of reasons why that could be i mean sorry but yes i mean technically i think that you could look at that like 
I mean, there's still a, 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 an advertising behemoth. Right. I, I mean, mean, that's most of the ad dollars that are spent online are going to be spent with Google Facebook, Facebook or Google. Yeah. Like I, that is still. What, what do you mean by most? Is it like 70 or is it 50? Or I, do I, think it's, I think it's a little over 50 or something like that. Yeah. And it, it may, well, I actually don't have the exact number. Yeah. Maybe maybe higher than that. But a lot a lot of the dollars are still going there. That is not like, that hasn't changed. It's unlikely to change. The key and while, thing about both mm-hmm. those. Right. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Go for it. It's go. just that like the those one of the things you saw when they were giving the congressional testimony is that people kept calling it a website, right? Like uh-huh. they were talking about it like Twitter. They were talking about it like whatever. They were talking about it like Zappos. But what it is actually is that both those sites, Facebook and Google, are structural elements of the modern web. That's right. There have been studies sure. that have like people who say they don't go online go on Facebook. Like right. there are more Facebook wow. in many countries than people who will, because they're, they're answering questions. So like they're mm-hmm. self-reported things. They don't say they have internet, but they go on Facebook. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't make sense, but it does mean that like Facebook is a load bearing wall. Mm-hmm. So is Google. And like, though you might hate Facebook and so might I, like we all might hate elements of it. Right. There's literally like, there is, it, it, it's not, something that people can currently imagine the modern world that this is without it the fact that you can look up your 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 high school friend mm-hmm. but also stay in touch with your family yeah. i haven't spoken on the phone to many members of my family <laughs> in months but well, i, mean, I know all about them yeah right so, and you're pleased you're pleased with this outcome this is what you want <laughs> right i mean ultimately. exactly they have the wrong number i don't want to talk to you <laughs> there's a uh, this uh, might jump the line if we ever uh, talk about uh, the sinclair uh, broadcast group uh, silliness uh, later on um, I was but, going to ask you about that because I know you've been writing about that, Matt. Are yeah. you pro Sinclair? No, I'm anti Sinclair, but I'm oh. anti you know all the idiots uh, who are talking about Sinclair. Aren't we all? Um, but uh, I went and looked at on, uh, as part of this at what people's consuming habits are with news, and 67 percent of the country now, including the the fastest growing uh, category, this is the olds people like me, even older, my like my dad, um, uh, get news through social media. Um, uh, which is uh, uh, an, an astonishing uh, vault forward compared to even like two years ago here. And and I wonder how many of those people, as you put it, and I think it's really uh, fascinating, would say, oh, yeah, I'm not connected to the Internet. Um, right. No, I no mean, internet. so I uh, at Mother Jones, like my, you know, key job has basically been in charge of our social media. And, and like originally that was that was the thing. And it's all grown from there. But that's my most basic, like elemental part of it. And so I have rehearsed a line that I actually was in Latvia last year to talk to them about. Like, I was brought to Latvia to talk about how Facebook does things. Uh-huh. and Latvia, which is like 5,000 times more online <laughs> than America. Right. right. It was yeah. just to give to talks about this. And, and a line that I have rehearsed about this is that that number you're talking about is a Pew number. It's, it's from a yeah. Pew survey about people who get news from social media. A few years ago, that was 45%. Before that, it was like 25, 45. Now it's up to 60 whatever it is now that is self-reported and that means if it's 65 now that uh 35 is wrong a hundred percent of people who are on facebook are forced to see news facebook has decided that it forces it into their news feed they are driving down a street looking for their kids photos and facebook is throwing billboards on the wall of news and eventually a good enough billboard is going to get them to turn off the road and read that news but but 35% of people don't, pr- <laughs> no, don't probably, think of They probably won't read it. They'll read the headline. Right. They'll read the headline. They'll read the headline, the headline and go into the comments. I, mean, I, would, I would respond to that poll saying, no, I do not use, well, I use Twitter for news uh, very strongly, but uh-huh. Facebook not. 
right? But that's not the question, though. It's not if you use it. It's if you have consumed news on it. And like the fact yeah. is, they all have. You have to define consume, though. But like that's the problem yeah. is that like thirty five percent of people don't think of themselves as news consumers sure. because those are people who not only never read magazines like Mother Jones, but they, are they also super didn't... happy. <laughs> so happy. Oh, I mean, they definitely are. That's my that's my <laughs> uncle. Those are my family. That's my family in Idaho. Like who doesn't read stuff? They never read the New York Times. They never subscribed to any of it. They don't watch the nightly news. You know, they're the people who just live their lives and hear things otherwise. And Facebook has turned them into news consumers. This was a good thing until it wasn't like until it became clear that actually this could be weaponized by, you know, the things that I was doing to to I thought my high minded ideas about getting people to read about all the smart stuff at, you know, Mother Jones was also being done by not only like Breitbart, but also fucking people in Russia who were who were actually working for the government trying to do, trying so to, to be, change this. So to be clear, it became bad when people who disagreed with you started using it. <laughs> I mean, if in Russia, it's like the Russian fake news things. Yeah, like a lot of the I'm literally talking about fake news stuff. Yeah. But like for a long time, you assume that it just means that they're going to read more and that's a generally good thing. But the fact that Facebook is shoving it down people's throats and that then when bad actors like come in and actually can use that that information superhighway, mm -hmm. it actually then does be it becomes detrimental. I don't think that there's many people who would say that like the the idea that more people are being forced to read news at the moment is necessarily it, it it's had negative consequences over the last few yeah. years. It's interesting, and and I we we should probably move on to to some of the other stuff that's going on. But it's but funny because I, every time this is true, and every time I find myself talking about this, I always worry that I have to concede too much in order to engage with sort of the news as it is. And it is true that there are lots of people that are freaking the hell out about right. Facebook, and it is certainly the case that we've had these hearings and that there are threats to break up Facebook to separate WhatsApp from Instagram. Threats from and the from right, Facebook, like Tucker Carlson. Th this is, is like the threats from the, the right. Anti from, from break them up jihad right from the congress hates congresspersons Facebook. on both on both sides and yeah. there's every good there's there's every reason for those kinds of publishers to hate facebook because those publishers leverage the content that those publishers have their content leveraged by facebook who gets a hell of a lot of traffic and has been dictating terms to publishers right. about how they can publish their content forcing them effectively to publish it natively to facebook in order to get the best treatment there's a lot of of sort of competing tension here but what i think is is really challenging for me is that it's not obvious how significant a role Facebook played in the election. It's not obvious how significant right. a role Russian trolls played in screwing around with the election. It's not obvious that Cambridge Analytica had any meaningful impact on the outcome of the election. All of these things, however, these things that aren't obvious, and I don't mean obvious like we kind of know and suspect. I mean obvious like it seems really impractical that that ad of Hillary Clinton, like fighting Satan or something like that. No, she was fighting Jesus. I don't know. Or however that ad worked, that ad didn't persuade a bunch of people to vote in a way that they wouldn't have voted anyways. And it's not clear that they voted. There is like no chance that, <laughs> that, that, that Cambridge Analytica tipped that election. Yeah. Like, which can we say that again louder? Important. I mean, my colleague, Andrew Kroll, wrote a story about how Cambridge Analytica is actually, you know, the biggest secret about them is they're and stupid like uh -huh. they didn't do things well i mean they, like like many of these consulting companies they're kind of the whole thing is a con yeah they're 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 selling 
snake oil uh-huh. and like they 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 were not good at their job he didn't say any of this in the story but like that is the <laughs> that is the general like that's what he was saying to you when he was a lot writing. of like uh, yeah. our lawyers like <laughs> but like that's what gop consultants uh, at the time we're saying uh-huh. like uh, in turn because he was working for the ted cruz camp they were helping ted cruz's campaign and like that was what gop consultants were saying and like there is no of course of course not that like that cambridge analytica had any effect on 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 yeah. that election the election was won by donald trump because of james comey and white racism <laughs> like that is a simple fact James, we came for Jalen to but everyone looks Thank for answers for it. Thank you for ruining the rest of the podcast. I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm just going to leave it alone. And, and you know what? We'll do. We'll talk about. We'll talk about the war that seems to be potentially going on outside that no man will be safe from pretty soon. I do think That's you're right the though mob about deep thing that I just did. I do definitely think that you're right though to say that like the the freak out is silly. That like. I, I mean, and it's on the left, like on, on it, it's it, on the right, too. Right. It's, it's on, on the right, it's, too. That's the interesting part. It's, yeah. it's totally they're freaking right. out together. They're kissing and uh-huh. kissing and freaking they're, they're out, freaking the out right, about the different things. Yeah. People shouldn't kiss. It's it's no, so not. weird. Like in, in, the, in the beginning, you know, it was the it's the you had the conservatives during these hearings who were freaking out because Diamond and Silk were being <laughs> discriminated against on the Internet. You even had the one congressman who um, shows he has a staffer show up behind him and he's holding up this image of Diamond and Silk. And I'd like to show you right now a uh, a little picture here. You recognize these folks? I, I believe is that Diamond and Silk? That is Diamond and Silk, two biological sisters from North Carolina. I might point out they're African-American. You weirdo. Um, But anyways, Syria, there is a there's a situation uh, transpiring. Uh, I think we all remember around April of last year, early April of last year, um, the Trump administration launched a battery of tomahawks. Is that can we call it that? It was like forty nine. It's a murder. Yeah, it's a murder of tomahawks. I like that, actually. I don't like murder, but you understand what I'm saying. I like, um, but a murder of tomahawks were launched into Syria in response to what was believed to be a sarin gas attack um, on the people of Syria by the Assad regime. Um, and this was the United States flexing its muscles, Donald Trump being everything that he believed Barack Obama was not, um, and enforcing that red line against the use of chemical weapons. Uh, Fast forward to not just this past April 7th, when there is a report that a chlorine gas attack had taken place in Syria, but to February 1st, when the third of several gas attacks in as many weeks had actually happened. So that's February 1st. On April 7th, we actually had another gas attack happen in the same area. Um, And this one actually caught the attention of the White House, the administration, the Trump administration. Okay, um, and talk Donald about Trump. the February 1st one. What do you mean? I didn't know about it, so talk about it. Oh, the, a chlorine gas attack is reported in Doma, and this was the third such attack on the region in a span of three weeks. And the reason I mention it in that order is because a lot of the conversation about these gas attacks are surrounding the timing of the attack. Last week, Donald Trump said, like, three times like we're going to pull out of Syria we're done with right. this other people need to start to carry the load and a lot of the people who find themselves in the camp of we shouldn't be getting involved in this uh people like Tucker Carlson are on television and they're saying things like we don't know why this happened like how is it in Assad's interest to launch an attack 
right now when the Trump administration seems willing to pull out. And I think that conversation is worth visiting a bit uh, because it seems to me that there is this thing, it, it, I don't know if we want to call it like Syrian trutherism, uh, that is starting to kind of bubble up out of the ether where there's an entire narrative that started to develop uh, about our inability to determine who is responsible for these attacks, whether the attacks are even happening, um, whether or not they're false flags. And it's particularly potent amongst people who are sort of Ron Paul supporters, amongst various right. sections of the kind of libertarian world. And now Tucker Carlson like makes a video and essentially becomes a hero to people who believe this. I saw even uh, Congressman Massey had like retweeted this video of Tucker going off uh, on this attack. I mean, again, He's, they're meeting them the anti-war lab. There, there is like a, a there, there is there is a certain segment of the like extreme left that that has that's still anti-war. That has been <laughs> most most of the most of the left has switched on this. But there, because, there, there because is a lot of we can't leave Syria about, about this as well. Like, yeah. like there, there, there has there is a. There, there is, there is an anti-war left. They're on medium. There's a lot of them. You can. <laughs> that's that's where they all went. Because most most can of I them briefly seem to rescue have the word truther here, which is that like we use truther most notably, I think, with nine eleven, with nine eleven, and with maybe Barack Obama's birth certificate, like uh -huh. Sandy Hook. What's that? Sorry, Sandy Hook. Sandy too. Hook too. Yeah. That, right. Yeah. That was the most. That was quite a bad one. Crazy. I, I I don't know if I ever ever told the story uh, on this podcast of the kidding? disappointed Sandy Hook truther who showed up at the Libertarian Party convention in 2016, uh, just bummed out that the people there were not buying his Sandy Hook truths uh, there, and that's a sign <laughs> that the LP has really gone uh, the wrong way. But anyways, and he looked just like uh, the Better Call Saul uh, guy, which was really confusing for everybody. Um, uh, but no, I mean, truther uh, uh, implies that there is a totally known um, or like 98 percent, let's say, accepted truth about something. And you have to be pretty like out there to be out to dispute it. Um, and in this case, in the in the gas attack, I totally believe that the gas attack was was um uh, perpetrated by the Assad regime or some bad person around there. The most recent, the most but recent. I don't fucking know. But you're but gonna I say don't fucking know. Yeah. Like no, now, no, now no, you're now you're just asking responsible questions. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not asking questions. I'm not actually very all that interested in the questions. I assume that a lot of people, and especially Assad, are terrible. But right. like He's we lack, terrible. we lack the ability to. <laughs> Uh, to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. Sure, but like, I sense. literally don't have that ability about 9-11 either. I wasn't there. Ooh, yeah. I also don't have it about any of those well, things. Well, this is, this is the difference. Pivot. But Here a lot of the smart people do, a lot of the smart people at from various countries who've done it and know what the fuck they're talking about do say he's done these gas well, attacks. Also, I mean, like, he's obviously done these <laughs> fucking gas attacks. Well, it's, it's, in, well, it's important, it's important to, to sort of to, to, to dive in, into, I think, the, the process by which determinations are made about culpability for these attacks. Well, certainly and, one, of the, one of the things to do about that is mentioning the same thing happened on February 1st. Michael Weiss, who's a friend of the show, though he's never been on it, so he's an enemy of the show. Not that honest. much of a friend. No, he, he he's has been on the show. On when was he on? You, you forgot. I think you were he here. Like they a year should ago. talk to that kid That's from Australia who listened to all drunk of them. On the... He was here. Uh, anyways. He, he, he actually came back for, he was here for a similar reason. And when he was here, he talked to right. us about um, how we know 
when an attack is taking place. Right, and he's and he he can be very convincing in those moments, Michael Weiss. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, no, he pointed out in the wake of this attack, like this is the something like the two hundred tenth, like uh, chemical or nerve gas attack that's happened in the last X number of years. Like, there's been a ton of them, uh-huh. and so to I think a lot of the kind of uh, truther momentum or the false flag or the qui bono shit that you always hear. Um, uh, always starts with this very America-centric, kind of egocentric view of the world. Like everyone is, is, is you know, uh, uh, trying to figure out what to do based on what they imagine the American response might be. Uh, whereas what's actually happened in Syria for the last six years is just a horrifying civil war and slaughter and the creation right, of four I mean, million re- refugees. Isn't that the, the interesting question about this, which I think like you were talking, I, I, I didn't see Tucker Carlson's thing, but uh-huh. like it seems that, that he's sort of getting at, which is, there, there is a question in a lot of people's minds of why bother to well, yeah, use let's... like to use chemical weapons when you know that that is going to get Macron, it's going to get May, it's going to get possibly Trump to, you know, want to go to war over this. But people seem to be fine with killing with normal conventional well, let's, weapons. Let's do let's do this. Let's back up a little bit. What's odd about the conversation with the conflict in Syria where, you know, more than a half a million people have died is that we continue to have this conversation about the the red lines. And it happened under the Obama administration. It happened with the Trump administration. It it seems to be the thing that is getting folks animated now um, in, in various sections um, of, uh, of the political spectrum where they are saying that it's the use of chemical weapons is the place where we have to, to really, like once you do that, that's just too much. And the fact that 25 people died because of, you know, this chlorine gas attack in this neighborhood, like that's the time. Had you mowed them down with machine guns, we would continue to ignore this particular conflict right. and Americans would pull out of here and there wouldn't be anything to talk about. But once you use chemical weapons, um, that is too much. And, you know, the rationalizations for why this ought to be a place where we draw a line is that American servicemen, and I mean, one of many is that American servicemen and women are stationed all across the world. And that by having these chemical weapons conventions, we ensure that people know that you can't do this. If you do this, there will be repercussions and those things won't be used on us. And it's also right, because of like the Battle of the Somme, like it goes back to, to World War One. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's as much to do with it more than American servicemen and women, which is that we want there to be taboos against right. bad, certain types of bad behavior in ways that are different than the taboos against open fire on people and and which and is they're, strange they're, it is strange yeah. but uh, as is you know anti-nuclear proliferation is kind of strange the way that we prioritize that over other types of bad things um however and you know it, it, you know we theoretically prioritize ethnic genocide over other types of killing even though we don't really, but like, I don't know if we're pro ethnic genocide. <laughs> no, no, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying we prioritize. Look, our, I know you killed, our, yeah, <laughs> killed for genocide. It's fine. <laughs> we, you know, there's certain we types are. of killing that you want to keep a taboo at. Is uh-huh, the idea, right. and I understand that as a as an idea for a taboo. Although it immediately calls into question, you know, the exact thing. It's also important out. to just have like whether it makes sense that like you know the the things against chemical warfare happened because of because of the, the horror of World War One. And and like whether or not, you know, there's more horrors now. There's nuclear horror. But there is important of having a prohibition at all. Like like saying that we will have just a prohibition and that we're not gonna give it up just because some 
thing. Like, like they're actually, it, it's important. I do understand that. Like, it, it definitely isn't important to enforce that. Also, it, it it's fundamentally against human nature to be okay with the idea that you'll kill people but not things. Kill people? What, what? now? That like you'll kill people but not things. That like you'll right. you'll drop you, with 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 gas. You you maintain the infrastructure you save the the, the things you're prioritizing so, fundamentally I'm, I'm not sure like, i follow wow. what's going on here are you saying that the gas is better no 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 <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> no no okay. no i mean i guess i guess what i'm saying is like that's against human nature to uh-huh. to be okay with that okay like right. that's why it's one of the things like that it, you're that, that that's why that's it's why it so feels offensive. like a taboo I, yeah I just, it feels like incest but isn't part of why it feels it, weird the same reason why you know drones feel weird to some people the same reason why drones when when certain kinds of new weaponry are introduced they just they become fetishized and we focus on this new method of killing people and i i always find myself just a little uncomfortable with the the particular issue becoming the mode by which this awful thing is happening right. and not the fact that the awful thing has happened. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that we should focus, uh, that, that U S policy should necessarily be dictated. I mean, do you think that we should, whether or not they've crossed this particular red line? Like I, I'm not certain that it, that things have changed materially because there was a gas attack. The fact is that we have already created millions of refugees that hundreds of thousands of people so have we, died we haven't well, upgraded we them. you're right the 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 we this conflict Libya, not this is true right. you're right you're right and i'm I, I suppose when i say we what i'm suggesting is that there are conditions in the region that we have helped right. to precipitate um and when i say we i mean u.s foreign policy over the course of the last uh 16 odd years Oh my God. Hey, oh hey, my God. Hey. Captain, the ladies joints. and gentlemen. Oh my God. Um, so we're having, Kat, a very heavy conversation about Syria. Gassing children. And gassing children. <laughs> and, and you just in walk favor, into right? the room. Perfect. To, to drink with us, to yes. chat with us. And um, perhaps we should transition to something a little less no, heavy. Absolutely not. No? I'm just going to end this on I am against. Gassing children. Gassing children. Still, me too. Yeah. It's a very bold position. What about Cheers, What yeah. about Cheens Tim? Cheers. No, we can't gas Cheens Tim. He's all I got, man. He's all I got. <laughs> well, here we are. Cat just won an informal online poll conducted by listeners of this podcast to select the greatest guest in the history of the podcast. And Cat Tim employing an army of Russian bots, managed to overtake <laughs> yeah. this poll and won by 20 million away. votes. It's yeah. because I retweeted it. <laughs> That's why. With I Russia, rigged it in favor of myself. All your followers hated you. I thought so too. I was shocked. There's people that follow me just to call me a dumb bitch all day. Mm. I oh. assume that they would vote for the other people. Yeah. Do they really do I'm that? I'm pretty sure that some of the retweet percent. people Monsters. did actually vote for me. That they were like, well, I'll just show her. Anyone but Timf. Never Timf. <laughs> well, no, they, do you think they Timf. know how to pronounce your last name? A thousand percent no. I don't think they know how to pronounce a lot of <laughs> They don't know how to pronounce a lot of things. Cat. They just know Ma, they know MAGA. <laughs> That's the one they know. Well, this is I love the European pronunciation of MAGA. 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 <laughs> MAGA. MAGA. It's a foyer. Wait. Do you seriously do MAGA? Yeah, I thought it was MAGA. I think it's MAGA. No, dude, it's, it's MAGA. Ma- it's MAGA? It's a thousand percent MAGA. Is it MAGA? With a soft A? MAGA. I don't know if there's actually a formal determination I th- on I this. I thought it was MAGA. I as say MAGA. As much as 
Kat's colleagues at Fox News hashtag <laughs> MAGA in their tweets. Uh-huh. So and then Kat gets to decide. Uh, it's MAGA. Here. I'm an expert it's in MAGA. pronunciation. I hear a lot of MAGA in my line of work. <laughs> oh, my God. There is so much MAGA in your line of work. <laughs> yeah. It's a thousand percent. So, it is nuts. So wait, Kat, I don't want to I don't want to. We have a strict policy in this place. We don't we don't require people to do things that might actually get them in trouble with their employers. It doesn't mean I won't ask you a question. No, so, I'm nervous. OK, no, you, you don't have to be so nervous. I, I don't know. Know how close you and Tucker are? Are you? Are you? What was it like? <laughs> oh boy! That, I'm did, so glad Dreyfus You guys did here. that. Did <laughs> was he gentle? I'm so glad Dreyfus is here and he's drunk. <laughs> was are you aware? I mean, of I'll the, say he wasn't with me of the <laughs> dispute so far. The dispute that's been going on with him and a lot of other folks in the media with respect to Syria and his recent comments about. Madison stuff. You don't you don't have to comment on this if, if you don't want to. I don't know. But it seemed to suggest that this hasn't happened, that people don't actually know what has happened here. And also claiming that Mattis had recently suggested that we don't have any evidence to support the fact that Assad had actually perpetrated these attacks. It's become just a source of some controversy. And I don't know if Tucker has additional things to say about it tonight, but... Let me step in for Kat because it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's unkind to uh, throw her uh, internal uh, wrangling uh, stories we, we upon were. first sip yeah. of the delicious... <laughs> I've had uh, many more sips than yeah. one. Have, Glenn Scotia. That's you're right. Really I should do that after five sips. Surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I mean, the, the best thing about Tucker uh, right now, and there aren't a lot of best things about Tucker right now, as a broadcaster, there's literally only one. Um, is that the, here he's departing from the kind of of predictable hashtag MAGA yeah. consensus that you see uh, Lou Dobbs or some of the other people there. He's, he's departing from what the president has already stated. He's planning to and do what the rest. I mean, yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, that's that's one of the curious things about the whole Syria th- uh, thing, as you referenced at the top of this uh, part, is that. Trump has said about Syria, we're going to take all of our troops home pretty soon because, you know, screw it. Um, he had similar things to say about Afghanistan. And sadly, after a review, he's like, ah, fuck it. We're going to keep him there. And I think that was a direct quote um, uh, about his uh, ideas there. So he has ideas, which I think for me are but more I mean, copacetic. He more like, recently said the, the missiles are on the way. He, he yes, said, no, he for said, sure. For he sure. Said, he said the, the, timeline, missiles, the missiles were on the way the and, timeline and he directed is this, this at the Russians. The right. timeline is actually important to to uh-huh. your setup of, of like, uh, you know, whether this is a, a false flag, qui bono type of thing. So Trump has said a, a couple of times, like, we're going to get our uh, people back pretty soon here. It's going to happen. Get our um, people back. Is, are these Vietnam hostages? Are yes. still POWs still in trouble? I mean, these, like... <laughs> 2,000 plus people who were there and nobody ever like talked about whether we should have 2,000 people in Syria. Right. But like he wanted I'd to get them. No. <laughs> I'd say no. I'm going to go with a hard no, no on that. That's a brave, that's a brave position so for you to strike So he said that and then afterwards there was sort of a deliberation um, among people and then the administration decided, well, even though the president of the United States, the person who's kind of in charge of this question said, I want them back. We're going to keep them there. And then it was after that that this attack comes, right? So, um, and, you know, what how that however that comes up. And so now Trump is going back into it and saying that we're going to do some kind of of punch in the mouth, though tonight. I don't know if you guys were following this because we were busy uh, drinking scotch here. Mm -hmm. um, But there was some reporting that Trump's uh, belligerent tweets about this have stayed the attack. 
because he tweeted about this instead of doing stuff like, I don't know, consulting the Brits. And so because he said that, all kinds of people have scrambled stuff on the ground in Syria. And that has actually postponed any possible imminent attack yeah. because he screwed up and talked about it. So keep I, tweeting. I don't. Yeah, I don't get the tweets because he doesn't drink. Right. I would understand it if he drank. I would make perfect. I wouldn't that's even why judge he tweets it. At six in the he's morning. never said he doesn't take Ambien. That's that's true. He does never said he doesn't take Xanax, Ambien, Valium. There's lots of things that could the cause that. The opium problem is destroying America yeah. from the inside out. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I do think it's interesting that like Trump has said all of these things, uh, and yet. He is doing exactly what he accused Obama of doing in Syria, which was telegraphing, telegraphing his, his yeah. yeah, there was except, yeah. except, look, this is the thing, though, right? If you say in 24 to 48 hours, you're going to find out there's a bunch of smart missiles coming your way, but they never come. I didn't <laughs> right. tell you what I was going to do. He also, tweeted, to he also tweeted in 2013 about how you need congressional approval to yeah. attack Syria. And that would be a big mistake if which you didn't get totally congressional didn't approval. Which he totally didn't have the last time around. Which he totally didn't have the last time yeah. around. It doesn't seem too concerned about this time around. I understand why Obama didn't just kill Assad by didn't send a smart missile into his, you know, it's also very his, hard to do. He would have had to send a lot of them probably. Well, no, I mean, they know probably where, he, some they know where he lives. Well, definitely. But they're okay, obviously yeah. Yeah. But, like, these are, like they, they do that every day. But, like the reason why they don't do it is because there's like this presidential directive against assassinating leaders. But like that is that is that is from the executive branch. You can re- Stop that at any time. Yeah. And like Trump <laughs> is someone who likes ripping up papers. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, if he really wanted to just end it, he could just send, you know, destroy the very pretty mansion that what's his name? Assad has. What's his name? <laughs> I know. Assad. Assad. It's very difficult to pronounce. But MAGA. It's MAGA. <laughs> it's MAGA. It can't be MAGA. MAGA. I mean, I'm sure it's MAGA in it's some MAGA parts of the you country. I thought it was MAGA. Yeah. I had never heard MAGA until today. <laughs> Who do you hang out with? Liberals. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, Kat, you, I mean, you understand. And I'm going to say we, but mostly you. Like We have a very weird circle of associates. I won't even say friends because yeah. sometimes they're not our friends. Um, but... We associate I with the, the few. No, no, I don't mean you. In this, in this room. But the, we associate with and the weird Anthony, contingent of something? libertarians and conservatives who happen to be here in Manhattan. There's literally about 70 of them, and we happen to know all of them. And yeah. that's yeah. really country? strange. No, no, here in Manhattan. There's uh, there's more in other places. in the country. But not many. <laughs> there's, there's enough to get to 1% that. in the electorate. They're all the after electoral. me on Twitter. All of them. <laughs> I, it's just so weird to get hashtag MAGA after someone calls me a bunch of terrible names. I'm like, how is this making America great again? <laughs> <laughs> you dumb slut. Making America great again. <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of belligerent hatred in America's past. I'm just going to just put that out there. A thousand there. percent. Yeah. So if America was great in the past with all of those things, then perhaps it could be great in I the future. I just made America great again by calling her a whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like my daddy done. It's just like the movie Pleasantville said. They um, said it was fine to call women whores. Well, look, I, I think we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what ends what ends up happening with um, with the serious situation. My my hope is that we are able to that at some point this situation Wait. resolves itself and that the United States doesn't get too deeply entangled. Drive us not happen. Are you, all, have being, a are you, are you I, all being too afraid to just say, like, what, is you, what do you think should happen? What do you mean? Oh, about Syria? Yeah. yeah. Should we do it? I don't have I any, mean, I don't no, have any what reason do to believe. Should we do it? Can I answer the question? Should we do it? Let me, let me, tell, let me tell you. 
When you say it, it's hard. What it's do you mean hard. it? He went black. Sun. You mean by it, you mean send additional rockets, send the bombs to blow up send a facility that the people have already vacated. No, yeah, no is the answer because so, I have no reason to believe that that will actually fix the problem. It didn't work last time. Remember when we did this exact same thing yeah. after he sent chemical or did chemical weapons last time? When I don't we, believe he he that. Did, going, I just said did chemical weapons. He did. <laughs> I hate doing chemical weapons. <laughs> he did chemical weapons, and I don't think and he did it again. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't think going bigger would help. The price either. of the chemical weapons has gotten up so much on the Lower East Side. This is, this is true. Whenever I try to do them, it's <laughs> This is true. This is true. <laughs> but, like, do you think that they should attack, try to kill Assad, whether he tries to blow up, like, a, a No, I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that that is a particularly so great what do you strategy say to the, What do you say to the Syrian refugees who got here and they say it was tough? Like, well, we've stopped, we've stopped, stopped admitting that. Yeah, stopped. Getting, getting, here, getting here is great. If you've managed All to do that, it's wonderful. Yeah, what I, are you saying at Heathrow in the crown room when you guys are meeting ways, crossing ways? Yeah, it I is mean, bad. No, it's, it's really bad. bad and I think, doing something, I think doing something for refugees is, is good. I think admitting more of those refugees to the United States is a good thing. I don't know that the United States getting involved actually resolves matters in a way that makes Syria a more stable place I think or makes the him. Middle East more broadly of a stable place. And I don't know who comes to power afterwards. Right. Me either. Right? I don't know. But I don't know about any of that. Yeah. Like, why not? Roll the we dice. should kill it. Yeah. Kill it. Just, I, I just worked, worked in Iraq. No, because I mean, he's a bad man who um, has committed murders. So is Gaddafi. And right. Libya. I was going to say, we've Ooh, been. Nice. We did that we've one. We've been on and this roller coaster before. didn't work out great. I know. I know. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm not saying that we should do a lot. Just kill I don't people. know where it's going to go. Yeah. But I do think that Assad is going to go to burn in hell. Well, I like the reasoning that you're demonstrating Hell's right not now. Real. Because this, demonstra <laughs> this, demonstra this demonstration is actually very close to what happens in the White House right now. Um, it doesn't seem obvious to me that there is any this grand is stratagem with respect to the president of the United States. But who's who? In general. He is so uh, just sort of shooting from John the hip. Bolton. You're right. I am president. <laughs> I was say. No, no, he's the president. Tim. He's the president. Unclear. Timph is definitely John Bolton. No, the Dreyfus is John uh, he's Bolton. A th he said should kill. He didn't even say kill him. He said I'm kill it. I... I didn't. I, I. <laughs> he said, "Kill it." <laughs> well, he made Assad. He's a pool, a puddle of something. At I mean, this point, Assad's so. a bad man. He should yeah. get killed. Well, look, I, I really don't think we're going to solve this. I want to move on to the Cohen affair and the fact <laughs> that Trump may fire Mueller and, and and everyone else. Um, this is a this is a fast developing situation. On Monday of this week, we learned that the president's attorney kind of his fix-it man, uh, the man who said, I would do anything for Donald Trump and was willing to shell out well over $100,000 to try to shut up a porn star who was going to talk publicly about having had an affair with the president and, according to him, paid out of his pocket to prevent him from doing so. Um, this very same man had not only his office, where he's currently working, but also his home, which is apparently a hotel room in New York City, raided by the FBI. And that raid prompted the president of the United States, just before a meeting, not asked a question, but just to say. And it's a disgrace. It's frankly a real disgrace. It's a, an attack on our country in a true sense. It's an attack on what we all stand for. <laughs> Which usually, usually he refers to himself indirectly by saying lots of people are saying. Now yeah. he's just the country. This is an attack um, on our country. I feel attacked personally. This yeah. is a this is a, a a pretty important development. A lot of people were freaking the hell out when this happened because this seems like a big deal. When the president's attorney, um, who almost certainly knows where some of the bodies are buried, the guy who does the dirty work 
ends up having his office raided, one has to think, well, this is getting quite close to the president of the United States. Um, But there's also this weird thing called attorney-client privilege, which the president mentioned on Twitter the very next day. Um, And uh, he says attorney-client privilege is dead. The uh, the special counsel essentially indirectly through the FBI, because this has sort of been referred out in some way, the FBI decided that they had sufficient grounds after getting all of the requisite approvals to go in and to search the president's attorney's house and to search his office looking for evidence of several potential crimes, federal crimes, uh, campaign finance reform violations, potentially some sort of bank and some sort of wire fraud. We don't know much more than that. It's always so weird talking about these situations, not knowing all of the facts, because we're like sort of peering through this small hole into a into a crowded room. Um, but that's what we know at the moment. What we do know for damn sure is that the president is super duper unhappy about this um, and that a lot of this super unhappiness duper. is creating a circumstance where there is more talk than there has been in a very long time about the president potentially removing the guy at the Justice Department who is in charge of whether or not the Mueller investigation continues. He's going to be um, fired potentially by the time hiring. this podcast comes out. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, we just, all have pre-rights about residents getting fired ready already. Like Fox News does, Mother Jones does, Reason does, everyone uh, everyone does. I don't have yeah, one Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna, you Someone's gotta send going, an email? Blah. You gonna send an email? So this, is, so this is an important question because Republicans are obviously dead set against this and have been saying publicly, leave this alone, don't screw around with this. Not fire. Are they dead well, set against it? Well, well, I don't know what? that they're dead setting as Rose, the, the, in words? Well, they're dead set against the Mueller, There's a bill Mueller being removed. Right? Some are, some are not. Right, exactly. Literally, this is, none okay, of them this are, is, except for two. Well, no, there have been plenty who've come out and said that the president shouldn't do this, the president right. won't do this. They also if the said it would be political suicide, especially before the midterms. He also said they shouldn't grab pussies and shit, but like yeah. they're fine with him when he does that. Like there's two of them, <laughs> there's two of them, I think, that have supported the actual bills to protect him. Right. None of them are willing uh, to Jeff advance Lincoln, that bill who, for the most part. Yeah, uh, there's the, like there's this the bit, uh, the two guy. on the thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And Probably Susan Collins. She's probably good. <laughs> she's, she's probably <laughs> she, She's gonna come on board at the end. But, Lisa Murkowski's on board. But what's your general? But what's the general sensibility about this in, in the room? I mean, is this if the president were to take steps to remove someone from Justice Department, be it Jeff Sessions um, or be it Rod Rosenstein? Is that the sort of thing that actually precipitates some sort of constitutional crisis? Do we at that point find ourselves staring down the barrel of an impeachment and potentially a, a civil war in the United It'll States? It'll never happen. This dude just gets away with whatever he wants. Yeah. I mean, who's who's the dude? The dude is Donald Trump. I mean, I think that like the dude is James I, Comey. I watched Sean Hannity last time. <laughs> it's the Comey crime family. You know, you know who it is? It's that <laughs> Hillary Clinton. That. Hillary I mean, Clinton. <laughs> that's, is like, that's who we need to impeach is Hillary Clinton. I think that like impeach her. <laughs> we've had a lot of like discussions impeach her at Mother from the United Jones. States. I mean, God, well, God, finally we should do that. Probably. Uh-huh. We've had a bunch of discussions at Mother Jones about like how you know, like how do you pre-report on this, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you find these? Like, what is the what is the resistance plan? Yeah. For when this might happen. And like the answer is, you know, move on has some plans. They're going to do a march. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody gives a shit about anybody's march. Right. Of course. Like, the literally, and like the fact is, like, no nice one's going to show up to any of that. Uh-huh. Like Union Square will be very upset. 
Yeah, you, you know, square, like Union upset. Square, there's going to be a hacky sack that is thrown in fire. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the truth is, like, no one, no, it, it's not a, something that like is going to really matter to you know. The people, people will who, tweet about the death of democracy. Oh, tweet, tweet about bad. it. Andy McCabe's are going to be Andy bad. McCabe got a quarter gonna be million dollars on GoFundMe, right, from in seven six people, hours. and they're all Hollywood producers. Right, Andy McCabe, who was ousted, <laughs> not. Ousted by the from the FBI by Donald by Jeff Trump, Sessions but he was fired. Hours of but his... he was fired because of an actual investigation, like I mean, at the FBI. But and like, he apparently looks like me, which is very troubling. You, do you handsome. think he looks like you? you no, said, that people, people, no. You get that like, you're yeah, a middle-aged yeah. white man, like uh, Kat does <laughs> with uh, that person. Yes, I'm. You don't look Macaulay like Culkin. A, you don't look like a middle-aged <laughs> white man at all. <laughs> Just watch me. Wait till I take my hair out. I look exactly like. Oh my god! Yeah. It's the good son. When I take my <laughs> when I take my hair out, I look like a young Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> so troubling. But like, I, I mean, I honestly wonder, like, what people think is because let's assume for a second that uh, he does fire him, which I actually don't think is going to happen. You don't think so? Okay. Who's I, him now? Ro- Rosenstein? I think, that, or? I think that he probably might fire Rosenstein. That's you think, more okay, likely. Okay, so he might fire Rosenstein. But he's not going to fire, he can't fire Mueller. If he fires, if he fires Rosenstein, it's Mueller it's, now? It's, it's next man, it's next man. Not, wait, anything. someone else said, someone else told me that yesterday. His last name is Dreyfus. <laughs> no, wait, wait. It's wait, how do you, how do you pronounce Dreyfus. it? Mueller? Mueller. Oh my God, someone did that yesterday and I went, I think you're wrong, friend. <laughs> and they were from Australia and I was like, well, in America, we say Mueller. And MAGA. And they were like, oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll say it wrong. And I was like, fuck. That's not nice. Well, Josh go back. Go oh my God. Anyways. But so- I can't keep the wheels on this. That's fine. All right. So, fine. so he fires. Muller. Okay. <laughs> that's not. That's, that's fine. Let's hurt just make him. Hurt. He's Muller now. We'll but let's say that. he fires him. Like, of course, one off Union Square will be upset. But the other thing is, like, the, the only people who really matter in this are whether, like, these, like, squishy, like, never Trump moderate Republicans care are willing in the to, Senate. Yeah, are willing to care. Which, right. In which case, the, the, the Republicans right, who are still they there. Well, no. <laughs> considering that half of the Republicans have decided they're no longer going to run for re-election and, right. and now don't have to worry about what happens back at home, it could be a situation where you have Paul Ryan leading the charge to impeach the president of the United which States. Which will never like happen. He's exhausted. He's right. at it. <laughs> I mean, that He's is sleepy. the truth, though. Like, that is probably the main thing. The Republicans will lose worse in November if yeah. he does that. Like, mm-hmm. that is that yes. is probably the key effect. That and they're already going to lose so Mostly because of Democratic turnout as opposed to the folks right. turning and against the And Republicans being like, I can't yeah. um, to show up for this Russian agent. Yeah. No, it's, it's a it's a bizarre it's a bizarre situation. It does. It does make me wonder a little bit, though, because a lot of the, the consternation that I've seen on the left in particular these days is about the president besmirching the FBI and these various intelligence agencies. And it Such is so a nice organization. It's so weird to see like just the change up happen virtually overnight. Like these people are honorable. This is, in fact, when the president is criticizing the FBI, that is in effect an attack on our democracy. In both cases, you just have this bizarre um, this bizarre obsession with uh, the the prestige of these places being preserved and the sanctity of these places being respected. And the FBI has a really, really tawdry record. So by the time that the you, record is that you edit this thing, uh, Camille, uh-huh. hopefully I'll have a piece out in the L.A. Times uh, Friday. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, before uh, this gets released um, about this thing, like the 
elevation of John Brennan, of James Clapper. It's amazing. Of Comey, of Kamala Harris, who's awful on like criminal so justice, criminal reform, justice stuff. reform. Yeah, so many things. All these people, like the heroes of the resistance, are a bunch of ex CIA directors, and it's not just like I mean, Comey Ooh. has skin in the game. He was <laughs> in the big drink. Comey was in the room when stuff happened, so we need to hear what he has to say. But right. a lot of uh, these people, James Clapper among them. A liar. Like getting uh-huh. high fives from people right and left but from like, saying like like uh, uh, Trump looks like a, a, a Russian agent right now, but he has no actual knowledge of it. He doesn't. Well, that's what like, you just why, have to say to be invited to all the parties. But like, why is that a surprise, though? Like they, they were not in bad standing. They were in good enough standing. They weren't in be bad standing with by the- Obama. Right. No, well, this, they were never in bad standing me, among the left. But this for me, Clapper but for me my problem is that yeah. James Clapper liar. lied to Ron Wyden, who is a good left civil libertarian, right. out loud in 2013 about our do you wittingly or unwittingly or, you know, uh, are, is your agency spying spy. and collecting on millions of Americans? No one's like, eh, but like obviously the, the establishment left never cared about that. Like, right. Well, again, that's a like, they never, they never really a cared about, about it. If we're, we're going to come out on the other side of this Trump fucking nightmare and I uh, characterize it as that uh, uh, strongly and personally, if we're going to come out of that in a useful place. It's not going to be led by a bunch of fucking ex-CIA directors. Michael Hayden's got a new fucking book coming out. Everyone has a new book right. coming out here. James Comey has a new book coming yeah, out. Yeah, and, then, and they're going to be dominating. All over the place right There's now. an affiliate link posted actually on the bottom <laughs> of... <laughs> no, these people lied. I mean, uh, uh, James Brennan, who's uh, like, uh, John Brennan, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, is a new MSNBC contributor. The guy spied on Dianne Feinstein and then yeah. lied about it. But, yeah. like, isn't right? there... There is an interesting thing about, like rehab people under Trump, like who like like liberals have decided to forgive their flaws. You know, like Bill Crystal, Bill Crystal, hero of the resistance. But Jesus like, fucking it's Christ. true. He's a superstar now. Right. Like he's, he's a the looker. coolest dude at school. Women want him. Men yeah. want to be David, him. David from David from David from Max star Boot. The, oh, oh, Max Boot, who's now a hometown American. Anna like, Navarro. So, <laughs> exactly. Like there's but there's also like James Clapper and uh, Brennan and shit like they were they probably shouldn't have been in good standing, but they were liberals were never mad at them. They never flamed them. Yeah. If liberals were never mad at James Clapper. They were never mad about the original. And John Brandon, whatever his name is, first name is, um, then fuck liberals. (laughs) (laughs) The editor in charge of reason has said his truth. I mean, editor in charge is his official title. The editor in charge. Is that a title? I don't know. It's at large. He's like running away from responsibilities. Look, this fat thighed editor <laughs> Shots fired. That's a callback. That's callback. Shots fired. <laughs> well, well, look, um, we we should probably not go too much longer because honestly, the the bottle just is empty, but the the inebriate is taking hold. Um, but this does seem like a good time to turn to uh, Kevin Williamson, a man who some of us know personally. Finally. Yes. Um, who, as I mentioned on the previous podcast that wasn't the one where I was talking to Amy Choa. Um, uh, now I've forgotten how to pronounce her name, but I like her Just a lot. Just name dropping um, all around. Yeah, well, you know, it was a great conversation. You should go back Amy and listen Chua. to it. It wasn't like this. We didn't drink there. Um, but in the previous conversation, the last time we talked about this, and interestingly, the last time I I, um, I, I actually sent Kevin an email like shortly after that podcast aired, Kevin was embattled, but recently hired at The Atlantic 
and it seemed like the Atlantic was going to stand by their guy. And, and Kevin, he was going to come on the podcast. Continue to have new his job. listeners. He's been, he's been here on the podcast in the past. He, yeah. he lived across the hall from me in uh, in my building in Manhattan. He's a crazy person. He um, lived across the hall. He yeah, did. totally lived across the hall. We Ask didn't. Him about that. Didn't was it in a dorm? No, no, it's not. Are you kidding? No, it's a, no. It's no a, I mean, like, was it years luxury ago? establishment? <laughs> was it like years ago in a dorm? I guess. Is what uh, I mean. No, when I first moved to New York, like six years ago. You just coincidentally lived totally coincidentally, the- yeah. That's yeah. actually I, pretty amazing. I didn't even know who it was. Eventually, we found out who one, none of the were. Right. One I mean, another he's were, a racist. Yada, yada, yada. He probably wouldn't talk. That is whoa, whoa. That's <laughs> unfortunate. Don't say things like that. Um, I was kidding. He's not. It was a joke about. But um, how he's a racist. But but no, not true. It's a joke. He's not um, a racist. <laughs> but. According to some people, he was a genocidal maniac, and that was the narrative, and it seemed like that had gone away. Fast forward to a couple of days later, um, and after the weekend, the news breaks that Kevin Williamson has been fired by The Atlantic, and in his being fired, there were now these this audio of conversations he had been having with Charles Cook on their podcast. Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Mad Dog and Englishmen, yes. And um, just good. the conversation that they were having was about the specific comments that folks were up in arms about, this general notion that women who have abortions should be subject to the death penalty, particularly by hanging. And Kevin actually is explaining his position in this audio. And apparently... This was a bit too much, and the decision was made uh, at the Atlantic to get the rid of Kevin. Um, and uh, it's it's interesting to to look at it a, a couple of weeks, a couple of days later, anyways, a week or so later. Um, I think a lot of really interesting thought pieces have been written in support of Kevin, and not so much in support of the idea of hanging women. But no pieces in favor of that. Yeah, there haven't out. been a lot of those. Which is interesting. It's it's unfortunate that we don't have uh, more but diversity like, of opinion on that matter. Um, but <laughs> is that a terrible joke? No, but like actually, that that cuts to the heart of it, right? Like I, I'll say, I don't think Evan Williamson should have been fired from the Atlantic. Like just just start out mm-hmm. at that level. Uh, but once he was there, I love Sorry. this so much. I had to vape. <laughs> I vape. It's good. I, I like can't it. not vape. <laughs> but like I will say that like what. What Kevin did, which was, you know, he followed the pro-life thing to its natural result, which Uh is like if you think that that babies are being killed. If you really think that your mothers are like murdering your own children, then you would say that, yeah, that that person deserves to be. Of course, they should be. They should be dealt with the way that murder is dealt with. But that's but that's just the thing. Like the the actual position that Kevin took, which I don't agree with, by the way, pro choice, by the way, the actual actual position that Kevin took on the podcast was one, that he believes abortion is wrong. And two, he's willing to endorse all murders, abortion is murder, not just wrong, right. but that all abortions should be treated the same way other murders are. And if we live in a world where there's capital right. punishment, then yes, that includes capital punishment as a potential defense um, punishment. And if, in fact, we're going to have capital punishment, Kevin is someone who opposes capital punishment. What he said explicitly was that we shouldn't sanitize it and turn it into some medical procedure. If we're right. going to do it, uh, we should be a, hanging a, people. I bet you that a lot so of people agree with him and just don't want to say so. I right. bet you that a lot of people agree with him and just don't want to say so. If you really yeah. believe that that's murder, then why wouldn't you agree but, with that? But I think what's important here is 100%. that he was, but he wasn't, he wasn't explicitly endorsing 
Right. He, he says he has mixed murder. feelings on capital punishment. Right. If he had yeah, said what you said just now, but he, is he literally said yeah. what you said just now, which is I in I don't believe in capital punishment. Uh-huh. That actually would have been a helpful clarifying thing yeah. during this controversy. Well, but that wasn't like and this is what I deleted that Twitter is, account. But buddy. this is this is part of what I but this is part of what I think. It's not the Twitter account because he said these things on audio at all. But this is the thing. I suspect. Here's my suspicion that. At the Atlantic, the conversation we weren't privy to was, and I haven't talked to Kevin about this, so I don't know, um, but that I suspect that the conversation was probably, hey, dude, you need to come out and distance yourself from these things. And Kevin seems like the kind of the uh, of, of dude to me dick. who, if you Dorted were trying to push him to, to, He'll to double down. take a position on this, he, whether he's doubling down or not, he just might not be willing to sort of publicly All shy away from All he have to say this. is, I don't believe in the death penalty. Like yeah. that, that literally I think, only, he, I think that came that. up. He has it said did that. come up. He, yeah. then he, he said that I think it is clear, but like he had to say it then just explicitly. Like, like there's two facts about Kevin Williamson that came up here. Uh-huh. One of which is he thinks that women who've had abortions should be dealt with uh, like they've murdered a person. And then separately, that capital punishment, that if you do that, then you should hang them, which he thinks hanging is apparently the best way of killing people. Well, he said the no, reason he, the reason hanging is the way to deal with it is right, because he doesn't public, want to send. But if no, 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 he doesn't want to separate no, that me, before, by you, saying, before you go there. Oh, sorry. He doesn't want to sanitize the state killing people. The state should not be in the business of killing people. And if we're going to do it, then we should do it in the most grotesque way imaginable. So people who support that policy can't hide from the ugliness of the right. policy. All but he has to do is put that out from the ugliness of his own policy, which is that these women should be punished as criminals. It was really interesting. I think uh, Donald Trump, there was a moment in the campaign, I think, um, in which he uh, or maybe after he was president even, uh, but was was asked about something uh, having to do with abortion. And he's been pro-choice most of his life. life. He said, punish the women, punish the women. And like it was interesting how a lot of people came up like who were seriously pro-life like no <laughs> don't say that well, even david we, french said in his piece in defense of kevin williamson that he would only punish the abortionist right yeah they Which built is a an really entire weird, elaborate thing yeah. to, to stop from the idea that like the natural logical point of this if you do treat them as humans is to charge them with capital murder correct mm-hmm. and right. so kevin williamson in that scenario is only going is to being that? more honest absolutely uh, I on agree some with that. level 100 but th- at the same time That's why pro-lifers are wrong and so stupid at the same time <laughs> it highlights no, no. how stupid they are yes and no because here I, I think that most of us maybe including most of us in this room or at least one of us uh-huh. um like abortion's yucky it 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 it, it is not that's, that's something my, oh, that's boy. my that's my official position right he's my, got a bumper sticker <laughs> yeah. that's a good my, my official position is a pro-choice but uh so like <laughs> the american position more or less is that Okay, like at 22 weeks, maybe not at 20. Okay, but look, can we not talk about this? That's the, kind of the, uh, the legal and sort of political position right. that America is in. And I think that we're all kind of there yeah. on some level. Like it just sort of, Camille, you just had a baby. Like you, you, when you see a sonogram, it like, changed me. Should change me. After after a couple of weeks, dude, the first time I went in and I looked at this gummy bear blob inside of my wife who didn't have all of its appendages yet, but I heard that heartbeat. Like, wait, it, I mean, it fucked me up a little bit. I, I think it's it's ridiculous to like not not 
have Gad talk about this. Like, like, like. <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't think Cat like, should have it, a say. It's ridiculous no. because only to I should have a say. Abortion for these three men to talk about abortion with, like, no. I get that. Wait like, a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not a man. I'm a father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but 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 seriously, I'm I'm just saying that no. it makes me a little scrimmage. But I, like, he, in he's reality, still hogging like, the ball. Look at him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Kevin Williamson should have been fired. I think he's a brilliant writer, maybe one of the best that I've ever read. Just phenomenal. absolutely phenomenal. Really but I mean, I think Matt Welch is pretty strong. Too. I, obvi- yeah, I obviously, is great. I obviously disagree. <laughs> I think sucks. I am the only pro-choice writer at National Review. Uh huh. By far. Is that right? I wanted I to ask so. you that yeah, question I because I saw Jonah Goldberg wrote a pretty good piece kind of like uh, cogitating on this stuff. And he's like, yeah, we have pro-choice writers at National Review. Meaning Cat Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Cogitating? I said that. Let's, let's bring. We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll I come guess. back to that. That's I fair. think it's very easy for a man to be pro life. Can you? Right. You can always just Tristan Thompson the shit out of that and just decide <laughs> that you're out. <laughs> I think it's totally wait, way wait, did easier. They, did they break up? He was at the hospital. Uh, I really hope she doesn't take him back because she's like everyone's favorite Kardashian. Uh-huh. If, you, if Chloe's not your favorite Kardashian, then you can get out of my life. <laughs> so wait, so wait, Kristen, are you saying Tristan and Chloe have broken up now? I, I don't know if they've are broken up. Are you breaking up. news on this podcast? I don't know if they've broken up. I do know that Tristan was at the birth. Yeah. I've done a lot of research. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's like always falls on the woman. So all these men who have opinions on abortions, I'm kind of like, yeah, well, maybe I'd feel that way if I had no responsibility whatsoever for this. And then, you know, right. Kat, I don't think it's fair for you to say that and stare directly at me because I'm Jamaican, knowing the reputation <laughs> of Jamaican men to not be. Oh, I mean, I, was at, I, I pulled that record me. I, pulled I was that staring Jamaica. at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love the I love uh, uh, your child is beautiful. Damn right she I, is. I'm also like talking about this while I'm staring at a photo of Camila's wife and their child, oh which is just God. sitting on the just table. Very this. cute. Did Very you see cute. It? I mean, look at that. Yeah, yeah, ridiculously cute. Oh my gosh. Oh, fat. Oh, no. She's so but fat. I, I, I can't imagine. I've never had an abortion. Not to brag. But <laughs> I we could fix that I've, tonight. I've never yeah. been pregnant. What? I've never been pregnant. Oh my God. I'm not looking to get pregnant. Again, I can't, not I can't to help brag. you with that. Again, the abortion, on the other hand. But, but, you know, to be a woman who's had one and hear that you're going to be hanged, I understand, or that someone wants you to be hanged, I understand why that might make you... Although I don't think he was talking about retroactive punishment. That that would make you feel a little bit, I don't know. But But I agree with with Ben that if you are someone who's pro-life and you really do believe that these women are committing murder, which I don't, Mm -hmm. and if you really do believe that, then why wouldn't you, if they're literally murdering babies, then why wouldn't you hang them? Baby murderers sound like the worst. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose part of part of the issue here is that there is there is a debate in this country about abortion and that there are people on both sides of the issue and the feeling amongst people who were concerned that the Atlantic was not willing, was willing to part company with Kevin for for taking this Seeming I mean, well, I think what this proves, though, that there's no, I think what this there's proves, no though, is that conservatives say that abortion is murder, uh-huh. but this proved that they don't actually really right. see it as murder. Because well, if they, they did manslaughter. see it as murder, they mean, then they would have been behind right. Kevin Williamson 100 percent. 100 percent. 
Or perhaps they see it as something as something akin to murder. I mean, there are different degrees but they, but of. But no, there how are many degrees times do you see people marching in the streets and saying abortion is murder? Abortion no. is murder. Right. Abortion That's what they is say. But when it comes down to okay, if it's right. murder, no, no, abortion, abortion is manslaughter three. Women. Yeah, I, like. I think there's. <laughs> I think it's a little. It's a little semantic. It's a little semantic to put it that way. But that's no, possible. That's not, that is the no, no, key element entirely, that they're talking about. It's entirely possible for someone to have like a perspective that is somewhat nuanced on an issue like this and to feel. Sure, to feel people that, believe a lot of but, things. Yeah. But to to, to double uh-huh. up on on your premise here, yeah, yeah. we're not having a conversation about abortion in America, just in the same way that we are not, generally speaking, have a conversation about gun rights in America. Mm-hmm. We right. don't. Yeah, one side emotes, the other side emotes. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. This is true. I like they, that. Matt. They That's know that yeah, the middle really has true. been actually decided by the Supreme Court. Roe versus Wade in 73 and in the Heller decision in 2008 and McDonald in 2010. Like the big question has been decided. And so we can sort safely. In is your argument is, is this about how you think that like the courts should take a seat back and let like the democracy decide what no not 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 particularly no it, oh it, good i'm i'm, I'm saying I, actually, I agree with that i think i think the courts <laughs> we should her. let the courts jug and enforce it Shit. i mean Roe Ro versus weird <laughs> Roe versus weird i just said that Roe versus wade is a weird uh decision for sure right. it's a terrible it's decision penumbras and whatever I mean, um but i think that the supreme court should not shy away from fundamental decisions. It should not uh, be not. the Robert Bork kind of vision. And our colleague Damon Root uh, wrote a phenomenal book about this three years ago. Um, uh, it should not have a, a, a general uh, approach of ju- judicial deference or a legislative deference about uh, uh, judicial decisions. But I think that we don't actually have these conversations. And, and the reason why Kevin Williamson is a sacrificial lamb in this case a, a willing one, someone who like volunteered for the job and like couldn't be happier on some level is because we find ways to be evasive about the the question. Because, in fact, a bunch of people here, a bunch of people there. There's my 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 claws are on the table and there's some space in between them. Yeah. You're um, pounding that. Table. And in between that is what the Supreme Court has decided. And right. we don't I actually want to talk honestly about it. It's why it's it, it's meaningless whether asking people whether they support abortion when they're running for fucking Congress. Like it has no it doesn't matter. Like the right. it, it has to do with like whether that, you know, Anthony Kennedy is going to literally be on the court or not. But having said that, like I uh, I also think Kevin Williamson should not have been fired, but whether he should have been hired is a separate question. Hmm. You know, like that—that is a distinction. Once he was hired, I think it was really silly. Well, they they, knew they were hiring, right? They knew they were hiring, and I think that like they—they made an informed decision, and that's why then firing him is so ridiculous. Like that—that like once he was there, they—they did what they did. He's a wonderful writer. He's someone who has a lot of opinions that I disagree with. He's actually the reason that I came up with the best headline I ever did for Mother Jones, which was when he <laughs> attacked a Mother Jones article about poverty or about gun control. Uh, then our response was, if the National Review is so feels so strongly about this, why did they bring a knife to this gunfight? Which I will be forever proud of. Not, not a great headline. Yeah. It was very it's good. It's sad if that's what you're proud of. Especially <laughs> I'm very proud of National Review. Yeah, that's not even the name of I where know. I work, bro. I, they always tell us that. Every <laughs> time I say the National Review, wow. they send a little note that says it's say, National Review. I don't say so. You've Mother just Jones. been doing it to troll them, is what you're saying. I mean, that's I hate enough. the name of our magazine. Matt, yeah, it doesn't what make the any fuck sense. is a Mother Jones? No, literally, 
tell you what that is. She's a gun-toting white supremacist. Wait, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> wow. I, well, she was a pro-union agitator or some shit. But wait, no. Let's. She hear is more about buried the gun- in an all-white bris- in an all-white cemetery, and she was an armed revolutionary. <laughs> like, Very liberal. Like she is not a. <laughs> she. You should not what? have your fucking family wait, look up talk- to this. You're saying Mother Jones. Mother Jones what kind herself. of armed revolutionary? What was she fighting for? Oh, suddenly Camille's going to back her. Well, I mean, she was <laughs> she was fighting for worker rights, but like she was also fighting for white supremacy. Like, oh, she was fighting for white supremacy. So She's totally buried in an all white, all white. But those two oh, things aren't the same. So much trouble for this. I'm going to get so much trouble. This is no the best listening. part. Are you saying I have to cut this now? <laughs> no. Wait. So, like, when was she fighting for white supremacy? I don't know. In the teens. I mean, all progressives were in the teens. <laughs> right, but like those people are racist. Was she actually right, like Mother 1, Jones? 1,000%. Like those <laughs> people are bad people. Why are we talking? I, Matt I, is saying that's when that's when racism was cool. It's fine. We give them a pass. Well, I mean, it was cool back when that, you know. The, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, there was those cool covers. It took CD a turn covers. and it kept turning. You know, there's that semi-sonic cover. And you, I don't really know what semi-sonic that just picked that up. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask you what you were talking about, I but don't really know. you took care of that. I was just talking. Yeah, that's okay. It happens to all of us sometimes. I assume this will all get cut out or else. Yeah, we'll nope. no, this is going to be. Uh, <laughs> we're going to lead with that. Really in the tweet. interesting. So, anyways, yeah, Trump just dropped a bomb on Damascus, and uh, I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted to. We should we should probably get the hell out of here because it's late and I'm we really are hungry. super drunk and this is. Super... I didn't eat today. All I ate today was that whiskey or yeah, scotch. We, you look great, baby. We got it. Thank we gotta you. Go. <laughs> I did. I did want to mention. Should I just um, have more more booze, cows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Um, I did want to mention. One um, one thing which everyone is free to completely ignore. It's pretty much empty um, and Can not comment it? on because this is uh, likely uh, and this has been a particularly dangerous day, but this might be the most dangerous thing brought up all day. Uh, race and IQ, which is uh, one of our favorite oh, topics God. to talk about. We talk Better about this pretty this. much did every you single like week. Listening to, did, I, I loved listening to Ezra Klein explain to Sam Harris how Sam Harris is a dumb. Did fuck. you did you like that? I didn't I didn't I didn't take the same thing away from it that you did. And you didn't um, like listening to well, well I'll tell you I'll tell you this. Um without without weighing in on the the specific claims that are being made with respect to, to race and IQ. It's been made um, over and over again. The 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 exchange itself between and I should I should provide a little bit of context. Um, Sam Harris, who has a podcast, uh, what is it called? Uh, the Sam waking Harris waking podcast. up. It's waking up. Um, Sam Harris had a conversation with from Charles Jesus. Murray. Uh, no, from religion. But at any uh-huh. rate, thank you, Matt. Sam Harris had a conversation with Charles Murray. Charles Murray, who wrote a book called The Bell Curve. The Bell Curve is a book about IQ primarily and how IQ has some part to play, significant parts play in outcomes. Um, how IQ is in part. Biological and genetic and how race and IQ, a small section of the book is about race and IQ. It the was, most in fact, prominent part. The part of the book that was excerpted by, was it the New Republic, I New believe, Republic at the time? By Andrew Sullivan. Andrew Sullivan was the uh, editor at the time. Um, and the race, at any big rate, words. At any rate, this book is very old. Most people haven't read this book. Sam Harris had Charles Murray on his podcast to talk to him about uh, the fact that he had been recently sort of no platformed. He was not just run off of the campus, not allowed to speak, but the guy who was with him was like assaulted. It was a very right. sort of dodgy situation. He then like one of Genius Grant like a week later. And so 
at, at any rate, this conversation happens um, and there is a general claim made about the average IQ differences among different populations in the the world, I guess, amongst racial groups. So whites have a particular average IQ and blacks have an average IQ. And the claim that those guys made was that it is in part biological or hereditary. Um, and it's various other things. And we don't know what all these things are, but it's almost certainly in part biological and hereditary. Um, Ezra Klein, Vox, didn't like this. There was a piece published. Uh, Sam thought it was unfair. There was a very long back and forth. And a full year later, I think, yeah. they finally have an extended two hour long, I think, conversation on the podcast where it's pretty much just Sam and Ezra talking about what happened. They don't so much debate the issue of whether or not the claim that Sam made on the podcast was true. And I, I think at many points, Sam tried to get um, Ezra to address that point and it didn't, didn't what was go his particularly claim well. The, the claim is the one that I just said, that there is an average difference amongst these groups and that that average difference is in part a function of, uh, a function of biology. He, I, I actually think that's Heredity. unfair to Ezra because in that, in that thing, he uh -huh. is explicitly denying the ability to debate. He's says 17,000 times in that podcast that he is not an expert. Uh, who's he? The who's story he? written was uh -huh. written that, like, Who, the story there, Ezra, 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 Ezra uh -huh. said that, like, I'd rather have the writers of the story on here. No, and I'm, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I think part of what they did talk about, but at he length, didn't want to argue about that. I'm, like, I'm like with you. Sam Harris didn't want to argue about it. He wanted to argue about PC culture. I'm, I'm with you. I, and I think that that's that is effectively what the conversation became, because Sam thought he was mistreated by the folks at Vox um, and they had a very long conversation. What I found irksome about the conversation is that they didn't get a hell of a lot of work done in that two hours. They mostly talked past one another. Um, there was never a point in time where they really seemed to to lend one another sort of the the general courtesy of presuming that you mean the things that you say and you're willing to like deal with me honestly. And I think that's true on both sides. At one point, I think Sam even acknowledged um, that he probably hadn't been doing enough of that. So I kind of wish someone else had been um, shepherding that debate. But the one thing that stood out to me, and this is my own take on it, is that Ezra probably had some of the, in my own estimation, the lower points um, was responsible for some of the lower points and the best moment of the podcast. And the best moment of the podcast was when Ezra said um, that we should be using these conversations to become more precise. Um, and this is a bit of a paraphrase, but to begin to question social categories that were built for political purposes in this country, as opposed to validating them. We should be trying to break those things down, he says, that racial essentialism is is sort of silly. Um Unfortunately, moments later, he steps on his own point and goes on to say that I'm not the right spokesperson for the experiences of other races in this country, which it's hard to hold two contradictory concept, uh, conclusions at the same time. One, that the way that we have conversations about race in this country, the presumption that these things are precise populations that we can say a lot of essential things about the nature of these populations about that this is a problem. And when we have conversations in public about race, we should be acknowledging this problem and making it as opposed to making sweeping claims that concretize the belief that blackness is a concrete particular thing. And then to go on to say 
that I can't talk about these issues because I'm too white and insufficiently black. It doesn't work that way. And there's a lot that I hate about the way conversations about race in America happen, mostly that I'm not able to just shepherd them all to help bring you all to a better understanding because I'm the only person who seems to understand how these things work. Um, but this conversation seemed to have a lot of those things. And uh, I waited for it to drop. I listened to the whole two hours, like right after it came out at 6 a.m. And I was a little, little disappointed um, by the quality of the exchange. Um, and it's, it's weird because the week before, I think, or maybe two weeks before, Andrew Sullivan had written something that sort of exploded on the Internet and was incredibly controversial to a lot of people because Andrew effectively took the same position, that there are these average differences in IQ um, and that, you know, groups have these differences. And it's we should accept the fact that this is the case, because if we don't, if we prohibit people from talking about this, we create a situation where we give a particular issue to Richard Spencer's of the world. They're the only ones allowed to talk about it. Um, and we're not prepared for the things, the truths that science may reveal. I don't know how true that is. I don't know how right Andrew's claim is, but it seems to me that the fundamental claim here is that we ought to be able to talk honestly about things in public, that we shouldn't presume the worst about people who have a particular perspective and that we ought to be able to just deal with the particular empirical claim that's on offer rather than attributing some nasty motivation to people who have a particular conclusion. Sam Harris well, isn't think, a racist. Andrew Sullivan isn't a racist. And neither is Charles Murray. Well, maybe they're all racist. Who knows? They're not. Of course they're racist. But they're and not. Of course Charles As a matter of fact, I, I've, I've Before met some ben of them and no. Tells you that they're all racist. Um, Charles I, Murphy. I, I, what, what you're Murphy saying. Is what you're, obviously a racist. <laughs> He's Charles not. Murphy, who I think runs the pub next Charlie door. Murphy, we're going to in, 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 in a second. Oh, thank God. I'm so hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, just that. Like, I mean, what you're saying is that is that there is I'm wilting. <laughs> is that you look great, babe? Thank there, you. That's what I was going for. One, one. Um, no, that that like those two things can't mix. Ultimately, uh -huh. I mean, you can't be interested in IQ and race, and also reject uh, race as an essentialism kind of thing. Like. They're they're in fundamental conflict, and this is where I always come in in these uh, uh, conversations. Is like, has there ever sing, ever been, for your point of view, Camille, has there ever been a conversation about IQ and race, or just IQ and anything, mm -hmm. anything seriously, IQ and anything that has been a good conversation? Probably sure. not. Yeah, right. no, of course not. I would say probably not. What is it? It's I, like Brad said, revisited talking about how yes. you're goody for this. What, what is a, an example of a of a conversation about IQ? Well, I don't know. That about, was a good conversation. Well, I mean, as you pointed out earlier, most of the things that we're having conversations about, we're not having conversations about. We're just grunting, anyways. Right. right. Um, so, like, but IQ, when it comes to IQ, do you care in about academic IQ? research, there's a tremendous amount of research that suggests that there's a really high correlation between IQ and outcomes. Outcomes for your personal life, but outcomes like, for the for your marriage, like all sorts of outcomes and ignoring the fact that IQ seems to matter, that IQ tends to be somewhat hereditable, um, that IQ tends to be somewhat sticky. Like it this just is 2018. Seems we don't odd. give a shit about IQ right. anymore. You no. can be the dumbest I, person in the world and be a YouTube star. Right. I mean, or the, the president, president, or the president of the United 5%. States. <laughs> the thing that I will just say, like, I do actually need to get this on record as someone who has been on this podcast before and gotten very drunk and like said a bunch of insane things. Go for as it. As a non-drunk person Double at this down. moment, I will say it's important for me to say that that 
the, the that is horseshit. Which part? Like a, everything that Sam Harris says in that podcast about the inheritability of like various races and the, the, it is horseshit. I, he is playing a pseudo fucking game, a pseudo intellectual game that Ezra Klein is 100% right about. And even in that podcast, uh-huh. Ezra is 100% right and like polite when he destroys it. And it's actually like, I personally believe that it is Sam Harris is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> like, like I will per, like say he's a bad man. So is Bill Maher. Uh-huh. These are both bad people and they fucking are intellectually weak and they have taken advantage of people. And Ezra Klein, very beautifully, I thought, actually explored that because he's a nicer person than me. Uh-huh. He's a nicer person than me, and he is very bright, smarter than me. And he explained it right. And he talked to him and asked him all these questions. And dumb fuck Sam Harris, who doesn't <laughs> like Muslims, fucking Jeez. talked and you, like, you, failed on it. He prefaced I, this by, I, like, I he's will, not drunk. I will only no, say... I, mean, I literally drunk. am not drunk. I, will, I, I believe this very I'm strongly. I'm already kind of drunk. I, yeah, and I, I, will only say, I will only say I disagree strenuously with your characterization. Um, I don't think Sam Harris is a racist. I don't Absolutely. think he's he hates an Muslims. an unfuckable white racist. But, but... In America, we're all allowed to hold our own perspectives on these issues. And I only mention it to say that I was a little disappointed in the quality of the conversation. And that that is really the only point that I wanted to make here right now. Fuck IQ. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it yeah, wasn't worth it. Yeah, it's true. That, that IQ true. doesn't matter. What matters is being rich and famous. That's true. Although having a high IQ is actually and very Jewish. useful in becoming rich and famous. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> also having a fat ass. That is also yeah, you, important. It just matters how big. Yes, no, no fat. It just matters how big your butt is. Well, yeah. And right. I mean, you can go get that at the store now. The butt store. Which is store. very useful. Yeah. yeah. Super useful. As long as we invest in Bitcoin, right? And as long as you're a Kardashian. Bitcoin and butts. The car- things are not going Bitcoin well for the Kardashians. And butts. Bitcoin and butts. 2018 story. I'll invest. <laughs> I will yeah. invest. Um, anything else before we get the hell out of here? We should get the hell out of here. We should. I'm really hungry, but Chloe didn't deserve that. I'm sorry. No. We're, no, shouts out, shouts out to Chloe. Shouts out to Chloe. Um, I, I do hope for I will be her baby's father. Tristan is struggling right now. I was at the Cavs game in Philly the other Everyone day. Everyone booed him. I go. Everyone booed him at the Knicks game. Well, Kat, is this running. your second time here as well? Yes. So it's both of our second times. The yeah. top two vote getters. Yes. <laughs> we should be back more often. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what they think after this one. We're going to redo the poll. Um, and Kat is not allowed to retweet it. No, I have to retweet it. <laughs> my Twitter and my cat are all that I have. We were talking, Can you imagine how very dark full that light. is? No, it's a very full life. Everything I own is covered in cat hair. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to accept it because it's the only love from a man that I get right now. I supported oh that cat God. that cat gaming until until then it became you were trying to game uh pole against me. Okay. Like, well, you know, my I'm wearing suede boots, pretty cool, right? Nope. Look at all the cat hair all over these babies. <laughs> You know what my apartment smells oh my like God. by looking at my boots. You All already right. know. Any, anything else before we go? This is it. Yeah, Last call. Okay. 9-11 was an inside still, job. Thank I you. <laughs> Fuck more than <laughs> Bye. We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse.